Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I'm coming to you from sunny Harlem. Hi, I'm Seth Rodney, no middle initial. I am speaking to you from the South Bronx. I'm a senior editor at the Hyperallergic Blog and recent audit a recent author of the book, The Personalization of the Museum Visit. This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Uh, And today we are continuing our conversation around romance uh, with a lowercase r, although we kind of of complicated that a little bit in the last podcast. And I had proposed to Steve, so we just had uh, Pride, right? I mean, to, to both hosts, but we just had the Pride Parade. Uh, and mm-hmm. New York is the largest in the world. Is that right, Stephen? In addition to, so it was both local Pride and then also world Pride. So that's why it was that much more massive this year. Ah, okay. As right. well as the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. So there were a number of um, right. factors mm-hmm. making it pretty massive this year. Yeah. And so what I had suggested was, you know, how does uh, kind of the advancement and popularization is not the word I want to use, but I'm just going to, I think you guys will know what I mean, of alternative Mm -hmm. sexual lifestyles, right? So Mm -hmm. as in the United States, certainly in the Western world in general, uh, internationally, although strongly suppressed or repressed, sorry, um, how does that complicate, blow apart, try and fit into the traditional heteronormative kinds of sexuality that we would uh, associate with romance, right? So Hallmark cards and sunsets and rustic mm-hmm. weddings and, and all the rest and of that. And chocolates and red yeah, roses. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And yeah. cakes yeah. and anything yeah. that you can buy. Anything you can buy. <laughs> yeah, champagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Expensive dinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, how... Yeah. How does that heteronormativity both restrain or get blown apart by uh, alternative sexualities? And and not that Stephen is an expert on all alternative sexualities, but I, I like mean, that you, prologue. You, uh, <laughs> but, but but you but you are very you are uh, a loud and proud very homosexual. gay man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, gay man. And so you're you're going to have a kind of familiarity intimacy with with that community that I certainly don't. So what do you think? Well, I think since I've been practicing homosexuality <laughs> for um, all my <laughs> life, um, that what I've noticed is that th- the impact that it's taken on the community to sell um, a product to non-heterosexual people in lieu of a radical, more radical sensibility or a more um, thoughtful engagement with the idea of visibility, because visibility at one point meant... Mm-hmm. You know, it was a form of justice, but it's not really justice. It's sort of just the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we think about the sort of origins of queer life in the U.S., gay and lesbian, trans, bisexual, it started out with um, folks just being who they were. And there were iterations here and there and different authors and maybe different movements by the Mattachine Society and the Daughters of Belitis. But what it came mm-hmm. down to was that the most marginal of marginal of marginalized people, black drag queens, um, street um, folks, uh, sex workers, kind of ignited the modern civil day rights movement in 1969 at Stonewall. 
And so mm-hmm. you have folks like Stormy DeLarverly, Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, these people sort of at the be- at the um, sort of initiating this this um, riot rather than a mm-hmm. movement. But by 1970, they were told to march in the back of the parade or the mm-hmm. because because they because there was always a sort of um, assimilate assimilated sort of sensibility around certain kinds mm-hmm. of gays and lesbians mm-hmm. who were trying to be seen as more mainstream. So I think it it started way before that, but that's kind of where I think. There started to be, and there were always factions. There were always different kinds of factions within the movement. But now we've got, you know, Bank of America and Lyft and all these different kinds of corporations. Happy Pride, Happy World Pride, you know, and and then, you know, showing these things on their billboards. But what's interesting to Mm -hmm. me is that, so what does your business actually look like? Do you have people (laughs) in your boardroom or people who, you know, what kinds of inroads have you made? Do you Mm -hmm. um, provide uh, insurance to safer sex couples these kinds of things those are things that are more interesting to me than seeing two people kiss on the street because i mean that's they were girl to me but maybe not for someone who's heterosexual i get it but i think that some things are mm-hmm. lost um and maybe that's just the way it sort of plays out and yes i'm going to use the word capitalism um in terms mm-hmm. of one having the appearance of being radical or being open when you really just want to fill your coffers mm-hmm that's it. So, so what you seem to be, the way that you seem to be answering Travis's question, Stephen, is by saying that you think, and I, I'm, I'm very crudely summarizing mm-hmm. what you've, what I think I, I, what I think I heard you say is that you think that the, that the notion of romance has essentially co-opted the sort of rougher edges, the sort mm-hmm. of more passionate, more, um, wilder aspects of romance within the LGBT community. Oh, is yeah. that correct? No, yeah. Th- I think, okay. Thank you for that summary. I appreciate that. I could have been a little more clear. But I think the co-option mm. is for many people mm. necessary, and so it's more performative mm. than, it, than in actuality, mm. because in actuality it already existed, right? So mm. now it's mm. a sort of a public performance. And I know people would disagree with me, and I'm okay with that, because maybe I could learn something from them. But I see it as a um, the idea of two hmm. men or two women or two trans people or two um, non-binary people having, you know, kissing on a billboard isn't radical mm-hmm. for someone like me, per se. But it might be for someone who's mm-hmm. heterosexual and who doesn't who claims or doesn't really have people in their community or in their circles to know mm-hmm. that. So I, mm-hmm. I get it. And like I said, visibility isn't really justice, mm-hmm. but it, it, it can inch mm-hmm. towards that. But what kind of visibility? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for mm-hmm. whom? But 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 I think, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Stephen, that you're being fair, mm-hmm. not to the history, but just to fair to Travis's question, because Travis Travis's question is really getting at in what ways has this sort of insertion into public life. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that I think that's the way I would say it, rather mm-hmm. than popula- popularization. But yeah, sort of like insertion into better. public into public life, these narratives of non heteronormative people, like here, so here's a, here's a brass tax example, right? Like okay. here's the easy one: you go on YouTube. And you and they have these series of, of videos now where it's like, you know, guess this person's religion, guess this person's star sign, guess mm. this person's 
mm-hmm. or exes get together and they drink and they ask each other questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this kind of ro- roving, rolling, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. uh, roster of people that appear again and again in these videos. And there's one where, um, you, something like you try out the best kisser or who's the better kisser. And so they have these 10 people line up and they're blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And there's a, and there's a woman at the end of the line or a man and they kiss all these people. And of course they're gay pairings, right? There's sometimes mm-hmm. women kissing women, men kissing right. men and the men in many instances, not in all, certainly, but in many instances are straight or identify as straight mm-hmm. and end up mm-hmm. kissing this other man. And of course, they're gay pairings where they're both gay and they're both out and they're like, oh, yeah, no. this would have been unheard of 20 years ago when mm-hmm. we were when we were. And when in, I want to say like when we were early yeah, and when we were in college, like, yeah, having two men kiss. And appear yeah. to actually like kind of like it, like it's mm-hmm. absolutely unheard of twenty years ago. So there's a way in which, and and that's just one of the sort of most obvious examples. But there's a way in which gay and lesbian and alternative lifestyles have become part of the cultural lexicon, right? Mm-hmm. That so that there's no longer like a the big larger- reveal. But the larger, yeah, the larger one because yeah, what you and when we talk about romance. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. When we talk about romance, no, you. I want to hear what you have to say. Sorry. Point I was making is that uh, this sort of insertion of alternative sexualities into the public lexicon has made it, for me, seem that the the definition of romance does get stressed because I see like romance mm. in these little moments where people do these videos where people that's mm. romance, right? Mm. You get you like you you have someone produce a video where you get to kiss a stranger. But is it romance or, though? Uh, is it just a um I don't know if it's romance. Can you tell me why you think it's romance? Sure, because you have a moment of even though it's performative. Uh-huh. It is. But it's actual physical intimacy. Yeah. Right? Mm. And, you, and and right? That's that kind of that kind of tenderness to kiss someone in the way that they do. That's no, that's romance for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I I'm not sure I would I I would do it. I don't know that I'd be quite uh, as certain as Seth is, but I think I'm more. I think I'm pretty close to his position. I think that I think performance is an inherently destabilizing activity for identity. Mm-hmm. And I think because we're pro-social primates, we are constantly performing ourselves to others and to ourselves. And so when even even in contrived scenarios uh, with, you know, mm. cameras and other people in the room, it, it, I, I don't mean to say that therefore it's real. Of course, it's not that flat. Of course, people can put personas mm-hmm. on and off. Uh, absolutely. Um, the best writing on this that I've ever read, by the way, was a, an article. This is before uh, uh, you and I met, Stephen, but a few years ago, uh, Seth had uh, circulated this uh, or sent to me this article by RuPaul and just kind of talking mm-hmm. about like the 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 kind yes. of – the sort of the atom at the heart of of American cultural performances is 
the the kind of radical alternative gay community in America, mm-hmm. and that so many mm-hmm. things have emerged from that community. And, and this is actually where I got the trick. I mean, Paul talks about the trickster aspect of it. And so anyway, so I, I think so I think that performances are inherently dangerous and destabilizing, uh, which is, I think, precisely why evangelicals and people who are virulently anti-homosexual are so incensed by the public showing of homosexuality because they understand that their identities on a on a base gut level i think most of us understand that our identities are actually not nearly as solid as we pretend oh no i agree with um, that. Yeah, and and so exactly. and so even though I, I'm with you, Stephen, it's not enough, right? Two gay men kissing on a billboard is not enough. Two women kissing on a billboard is not enough. It is, in fact, how you it's the catalyst for that moving into boardrooms and for it it ending up in HR departments so that, you know, you can get your partner covered, you know, while you know, your state is trying to suss out whether you can get married or whatever. In um, some ways it yeah, does. So anyway. I would say that. I want to say something about what tra- tra- um, Seth's ex- example of the people kissing. Like, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time just pulling it into a romantic space. I think the intimacy mm. in which these people are kissing one another because they're lips on lips, no matter where you're at, right? No matter what mm. the cameras are doing or what, even what people tell you, like on reality shows, oh, you must go kiss that person because, you know, it, it fits their um, dramatic thing that they want to do, their arc. Dramatic there, arc, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something that's moving against it. It doesn't feel like romance. Romance feels like it's more emotional to me, a little more, maybe, I don't mm. know, maybe I have a, a romantic view of romanticism <laughs> because <laughs> there's something there's something mm-hmm. that's um, spontaneous or extemporaneous, something that, that feels like it's not mm. as performative. It feels mm. like mm-hmm. it's romance. I, I feel like it, it needs to be almost outside of someone's um, eye or someone's mm. Um, mm. camera and and I feel like I'm making it too precious, but I, but when I hear that, I'm like, is that is that really romance? It just feels like it's just something people do. If they weren't kissing, they might be hugging. If they weren't hugging, then they would just be close to one another. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. an eroticism and a sort of nuance that happens sometimes with same sex homosocial behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And right. so I'm trying to figure right. out. Like right, I'm right. trying to figure out the the constellation of my thought around this. I'm like, there's just something that's well, not well, can working I, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, can, can, let me let me let me put a, a, a sort of slightly finer edge on what I'm saying. Oh, cool. Remember when we started this conversation about romance, and I said uh, that I'd gotten a, a definition from, and now I'm blanking on the source. But it was uh, I want to say it was the Men Good Men Project, maybe, and mm-hmm. the the definition mm. I mentioned was one of savoring. The other person, mm-hmm. savoring yes. their yes. The, your intellectual, your emotional, your physical connection with them. There is something in those videos where they are savoring something about that interaction. I, even though the camera's mm-hmm. on and even though they're performing, I can tell there is something there that they're like, they're like, hmm. So I think this about what happened. I think this about how I'm feeling about this. There's mm-hmm. a kind of moment of, of not. Not just consuming, not just tasting, but savoring. And I feel like that tips it over into romance for me. 
because even mm-hmm. even even in the last broadcast, right, when we talked about that moment when I'm just making a date with someone, I don't mm-hmm. know how it's going right. to turn out. Mm-hmm. But 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 I'm we're exchanging emails, and it's getting later and later in the day, and the last email tips over into the actual the next twenty four hour day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something about that, and clearly in telling you the story, I was savoring that interaction, mm-hmm. right? I was thinking, oh, isn't that cute the way that mm-hmm. we kind of kept going throughout the day and that it has this and ended in this moment of kind of promise. I think I think that's the key for me is the romance for me comes down to having that that feeling of I'm going to savor this. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know and and one of the to to complicate the the idea that you had put forward, Stephen, which I think is fair, you know, you would, you, you sort of, you reached for the idea of, of spontaneity and a kind of lack of performativity, which I think is exactly right. I, I absolutely do believe that that is an aspect of what we think about when we think about romance, lowercase or capital R. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But there's there's a a really, it's certainly dated now, but there was a a very influential uh, literary scholar, Paul DeMond, who was sort of developed a brand of deconstruction that was sort of counter to Derrida's. But he Uh does a lot of, he does does very, very, very strong readings of romantic writers. And one of the the aspects of of someone like Wordsworth, uh, you know, Ode to Immortality, Recollections from Early Childhood or something like that. I I don't think I got the title exactly right, but that's close. Um, Is that the, the very thing that is supposed to provoke the spontaneous reflection and, and the sort of the spon- the savoring, to, to borrow Seth's word, of the experience of nature in this instance or in childhood is mm-hmm. itself an act of self-conscious reflection. That that it that mm. it, it actually requires the recuperation, the remembering, the return to something already past and gone. And, th- and that is the very stuff out of which consciousness and therefore performativity is made so Hmm. it's it's not it's 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 twin and maybe it's janice face twin but but it's twin nonetheless and that Hmm. and that in fact we have to hide from ourselves in that performance and what and what these the sf's very concrete examples of these you know these videos and what will often catch people off guard about the performance is that it stops becoming a performance. Right? Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. Uh, uh, oops. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, wait, right. I'm not. I'm I actually. Not... Uh, yeah, go ahead, please. Step, 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 please. Um, yeah, I'm not as straight as I thought I was. Yeah, or, like, oh, um, shit. Like, that kind of surprise. Or, like, okay. it, it gets awkward. It gets, yeah. it actually gets awkward. And people are like, oh, wait, I don't know how to feel about like, this man scruffy face against my face. Like, what is it, that kind of thing actually <laughs> takes place? And I want to say this too. Um, because I, it also occurred to me when Travis posed the question about uh, how our notion of romance has been shifted because of this um, public attention mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. alternative lifestyles. This made me think of the the TV series Transparent, 
Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. how in Transparent, you know, the, the father figure comes out and he 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 wants to be a woman, starts to dress as one, starts to identify with with women uh, um, in, in various ways, and he goes to he ends up having a, a a relationship, a friendship with developing a friendship with a trans woman, mm-hmm. and the trans woman has a boyfriend, and he asked the boyfriend how he fell in love with. And I don't remember the character's name, mm-hmm. but he t- he describes the moment, the the series of moments um, mm-hmm. through which that process occurs, and he talks about it so matter of factly, yet so sort of passionately that for a moment, at least watching, I forget that the woman he's with is trans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This this, this the, the romantic story that he weaves is one that is very much almost everybody's story, mm-hmm. right? There's a moment of sort of, oh, I see you. I recognize something new that I need or that I value, that I admire, that I desperately want. And that mirror thing happens and the other person sees the same thing. So I think that the ways, even the ways that the stories about romance are being told mm-hmm. using trans characters, using, using alternative lifestyles, has made us think in a weird way that the alternative is actually not so alternative. The people mm-hmm. are people. You know what I'm saying? Okay. In a way. I mean, in a, in yeah, a very yeah. crude way, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so, so you guys have been projecting this entire time. This is what you're telling me? You've been projecting this idea of romance because of the way you see romance, correct? Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's possible for me not to. Yeah. I'm just, right? right, right. No, it's yeah. a trick question, but it's one that made me think of. I was like, okay, so watching. So I saw your scenario with the cameras, and then I said, well, let's take away the cameras and let's just walk along the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, try, okay. You know, stuff like that. So I said, <laughs> okay, let's look at two people kissing in public, and I was like, well, that could be taken in two ways. It could be taken as they're kissing, they're really into what they're doing, they're just really engaged, or they're performing. Or a little bit of all mm-hmm. of it, right? And so mm-hmm. I said, my projection of that, depending on my mood, would be like, those two people are kissing each other. You know, I wish I was mm-hmm. kissing someone. Or those two people are kissing each other. Oh, can they do can, get a room? Or mm-hmm. like, it's really <laughs> nice to see. And I'll just take it out of the queer part and just put two elderly people kissing somewhere because mm-hmm. we okay. like to think of those people not having as you know a romantic life as say someone in their twenties, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I was thinking, just mm-hmm. pushing this all around while you guys were talking, and I was like, okay, so romance for me feels so much more special, and that that public interference for me rubs me in a way that's not comfortable. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I was thinking, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that I want mm-hmm. them to be quiet or not kiss or any of that, but it just feels yeah. like, well, there's something sort of sparkling um, and magical, and when I'm kissing someone, and I may not want that. All right, everyone, cut off the light. <laughs> Action! <laughs> I don't want that. I want right. to be kissing right. someone, right. Right. and right. and in, in, in right. an engagement where I I'm only just flowing into that other person. You know, imagine mm-hmm. it. Imagine that. So that's what I think it is. It's that public dimension that I wrestle with. So when you guys were saying that, I was like, oh, okay, I think I have something here now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've my feeling about the public thing has shifted over the years. I uh, it used to bother me across the board. It had nothing to do with heteronormativity, mm-hmm. public displays, PDA uh, uh-huh. from, from anyone. <laughs> I just did not. Uh, 
it didn't like make me angry, but uh, I, I just I found it too performative. I mean, I think just to, okay. to borrow what you said, see, I, I felt that way. I feel less that way now. Um, okay. And it doesn't mean like my my inclination to engage in PDA has really shifted, although it's probably a, a little bit looser than it used to be. Okay. Uh, not by not by much, but but I, I think to to do to engage in things within view of other people mm-hmm. is probably a fairly deep pleasure um, mm. for a lot of humans um, okay. because I mean when you think about you know when you think about the types of things that we engage in in ritual um, okay. and this sort of collectivity of feeling that we engage in when we engage in ritual, it seems to me that there's, there's probably some kind of elemental titillation in, hmm. in public displays that, that again is, is right down, like you're really kind of messing with the alchemy of the culture itself at that point because mm. because okay, culture okay. Is, is sort of is kind of invented inside of ritual right or, or it comes from that uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. it, it emerges from it is what i wanted to say and so when i now when i Do see you people wife, are you guys uh, pda not really so not, not more than i would probably like if it were just me but i have uh, that is something my wife is more uh, Molly is more uh, into, and so mm-hmm. I stretched myself in that way, and uh, yeah, and so I think you know it doesn't mean every person is that way, right? Because clearly you have a different kind of reaction to it, and so I mean we get socialized in a variety of ways, and 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 so no to answer your question, I haven't. Sh- <laughs> I mean, I've shifted a little bit, but but not uh, not probably quite as much as. Uh, to okay. say that I I, I, I find a, a great deal of pleasure in it. So, yeah, okay. but you know, I kind of I, I still want to. I, I I don't know that I've gotten to the place where I feel like we we found a definitive answer for Travis's question. And you know me, I like a dog with a bone. I really yeah. want to yeah. get nailed down an answer. I think I want to say, just straight up, I think it has the introduction of non normative, uh, i.e. alternative sexualities and lifestyles into the public attention, into public attention, has, I think, slightly reshaped our notions of romance in that I think that we have maybe a little less association of romance with things like flowers, candies, chocolate candy, and walks on the beach. I mean, just slightly, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with coming up with a definitive answer. I, I think, uh, you know, I think <laughs> you probably, I think you probably both know, I, I, I think slam dunk for sure, it stretched it out. I, I mean, I think, even though I understand and, and sympathize with Stevens, um, uh, issue with perform- performativity. Yeah, yeah. There's a kind of I, I, there's a, a integrity, right? Integrity around that, right? I mean, because he's this is Thank really you. what it's about. It's it's Good like work, yeah. 
it's like I don't it needs to be more than just the show. And he wants he wants there to be some character about it. So I I'm very mm-hmm. much with that. Um, but I think it just moves really it's just glacial. It's just slow. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I think for sure the conversation we are having, you know, assuming mm-hmm. things continue to move in the same direction, our contemporary, you know, people our age in in 30 years it's it's just going to be accepted and the norm that that everyone gets to everyone gets their share of the cliche you know everyone, everyone. well i mean well maybe the cliche shifts mm. a little i mean i, I want to think didn't, didn't don lemon just like propose to his boyfriend on air like a like a couple months back yeah. didn't that happen i feel like right that, so that's like a straight right, up cliche so, no, right. No, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But at least, you know, a-, a la Stevens' argument, it moves slightly away from the sort of mm. uh, a- absorption or co-option mm. by mm. Uh, uh, monetizing, mm. monetizing the moment, right? Because there's nothing like they didn't, it, all, all that happened was words were said. Words were said, and they looked at each other, <laughs> so, and they ma- essentially they made a promise to each other. So right? I, so, the, so here's a, I might be I might be more cynical than you on this one. Like that was the most expensive proposal that you've probably ever seen. Do you know how much money like they get in advertising dollars mm. on Don Lemon's show? Like that proposal was probably like seven million dollars or something like that. There you okay, go. y'all are way <laughs> way no, no, no. Way, com- <laughs> way more mercenary than I am about that. Like so, I can't. So at the bottom line patience with it all is proving to anybody that you matter. And I think that the large part of the LGBT community stands in that space where they go, we're human too. Look, we're kissing. Mm. We're human too. We can buy houses. Mm-hmm. We're human too. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't buy it. I don't like it. I say, fuck it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, proving your humanity to anyone is ridiculous. And so it doesn't exactly go where Travis is going, but I think I'm just finding, trying to locate my, my distaste. You know. Yeah, but the thing is, but this is the thing about this conversation, Stephen, and 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 typically, I wouldn't have an issue, and I, I'm not saying I have an issue in this instance mm-hmm. with your politics, but I'm, but I think what you're doing is you're is you're moving the question of how romance can or will or may have shifted into how do, what what does this what do these appearances do with our in terms of our politics? I'm absolutely with you, like. Gay men should not have to prove their humanity to anyone. And I, I do think Nobody. that is ridiculous. But we're not talking about that per yeah. se. We're actually talking about like notions mm-hmm. of romance. And I do think that compared to 20 years ago, the notion of romance existing between men uh, was generally foreign to our public yeah. Perceptions like, yeah. ge- I think you know, just generally like, r- uh, gay men were 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 uh, assumed to be aberrant, weird, mm-hmm. uh, broken. That so well, deviant just, too. I mean, yeah, exactly. So so even the mainstreaming of Don Lemon's proposal says to me that that our notions around romance have somewhat shifted. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, Stephen, do you want to have the last word, or? Yeah, <laughs> I keep doing this. Going, nope, I don't have anything to say. Um, so let me think of a last word. I think it was a great conversation. It made me think. Mm-hmm. It's making me think more about my dis, my discomfort, but also staying focused on the question itself. 
because <laughs> mm-hmm. I did go mm-hmm. elsewhere. I'm like, I don't like this because of such and such. Well, that's not really the question. So, anywho, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> so, I'm 53. Uh, I get to sit on my porch and be a, a crotchety old man. You, you, you do. You do. Poor man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Double so, fat. So, okay. I think uh, we are shifting, big shift for our next uh, series of conversations. We're going to talk about climate change. Uh, and we're going to try and do it um, from obviously uh, a way that's grounded very much in in the current scientific debate. I won't say consensus because we talked about that before the podcast started. Um, and then also try and bring our various areas of expertise to bear on it and and and, and try and come up with something interesting to say that isn't just uh, blasting out kind of stayed positions um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i very much look forward to that conversation um steven seth do you guys have anything we're not we can't see each other so do you have anything either one of you want to close <laughs> with or no 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 i'm i'm good i'm glad that we talked about this i think it was Me really too. useful and worthwhile and actually it was a kind of nice follow-up to the conversation that i think we started off the year with which is pornography oh yeah um, yeah yeah, th- yeah good yeah i'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad that we moved in this direction and, and we're able to talk about some of these like more subtle and nuanced aspects of our beings you know yeah yeah, yeah. lovely sure that's a great way to put it um yeah. all right my fr- all my I, my friends i will uh talk to you next week all right. Take care, Travis. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, Stephen. Take care. Bye.